Today we will be talking about Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart and how it relates to disability and isolation. Telltale Heart is a first-person story about an unnamed character. We can refer to this character as the narrator because he narrates the story. And he lived with this old man who was also unnamed. We'll refer to this character as the old man for obvious reasons. The old man had a pale blue eye or like a vulture eye as described by the narrator. The eye had a blue film over it or like how a blind person's eyes look when it's faded out and dull in color. But the narrator very avidly described the eye as evil and haunting and dreadful. He said it haunted him in his dreams. Now the narrator can be described as a person who suffers from severe nervousness. And I don't mean to intentionally diagnose him, but from the symptoms that he shows in the story, it's safe to say that he may have schizophrenia, because in the story he says he has an over-acute or an over-acuteness of the senses. He says that he can hear things from heaven and hell. And a symptom of schizophrenia is people being able to hear and see things that may not actually be there. And I think the sound designed if that's appropriate to call it that, could be seen as a way to help better explain the story if you really pay attention to it. The narrator's vivid descriptions of the sounds I feel are intentional and could be a linguistic way of showing how schizophrenia affects the character in the story and the story itself. The narrator also tries to convince himself and the reader that he is sane and that nothing is wrong with him and everything he's doing, no matter how irrational it may seem, he always makes it seem completely justifiable. I think this aspect of him is very important to my stance in the story. The story continues with the narrator planning to kill the old man because of how bad his eye affected him. Even though the narrator admitted that he does love the old man and that the man loved him back in a failing type of way, the eye was just too dreadful and disturbing for the narrator to continue to live with. And killing him was for some reason the only solution so the narrator basically stalked the old man for a week or for seven days and seven nights as said in the story. And the old man was awakened one night by the narrator's creeping. he ran in the room and killed the old man by smothering him with his mattress. A neighbor heard the commotion coming from their house and called the police. When the police arrived, it shocked the narrator and he quickly came up with a plan to cut the old man's body up and put it under the floorboards of the house. I guess old homes in the 1800s had really breakable floors. After he did that, the narrator answered the door for the police trying to stay as calm and nonchalant as possible. You know, as you do after you murder someone. The police say that they were called here by a neighbor for a noise complaint, essentially. And the narrator offers them to come and sit down as a way to ensure the police won't become suspicious or find the body. Which I don't completely understand how that makes sense, but whatever, I guess. When the narrator goes to sit down with the police, he places a chair directly above the part of the floor where the old man's body is. When the narrator is talking to the police, he does a good job of remaining calm and not seeming suspicious, at least in the beginning.
In the middle of talking with the cops, the narrator hears a heartbeat. He realizes his heartbeat is coming from under him, where the old man's body is. The beating gets louder and faster, but the cops don't seem to hear it. The narrator tries to keep calm, but it's too much for him. He convinces himself that inexplicable events are happening in order for him to confess. He confesses to the murder of the old man to the cops and lifts the floorboards to reveal the body to them. Okay, so when I first read the story, I couldn't help but think that maybe this old man that he killed never existed in the first place. When he kept reminding us and trying to prove that he was sane, I automatically jumped to the conclusion that he wasn't, as I'm sure others did as well. Because no sane person is constantly reminding people and themselves of their sanity. It's not even something that a sane person even thinks about, really. And I know that my theory of him imagining the old man in his life doesn't really line up with the fact that the cops came to the house and he confessed to a murder, but that could have all been in his head, too. He could have imagined that someone overheard all the commotion coming from his house and called the cops. It's not that far-fetched at all. It's pretty realistic. And when you're so isolated and so deep into creating your own social interactions because of your lack of them in real life, your mind could definitely come up with things like this and it could usually be pretty realistic because you want the real thing so you wouldn't come up with something outlandish or something that could never happen. But anyway, when I thought that maybe the old man wasn't real, I thought the narrator was actually alone and isolated from society, possibly because of his frantic nervousness or his schizophrenia. And we know, or at least we should know, that when people are extremely isolated and face severe loneliness, they begin to do things like talk to themselves and create relationships with people in their head and even go as far as acting out of those imaginations in real life, like in this case with the narrator. People who face this do things like this because humans are social animals and we crave those interactions. When people don't get those interactions from people in real life, they create them in their own mind. That's why I want to look at this story through a lens of isolation being disabling and being disabled can make you more isolated and how they go hand in hand. Because it's not always the disability itself that makes you isolated, it's the way that people in society treat you because of your disability that could isolate you. And being isolated or experiencing loneliness for an extended time can cause health and mental issues that can progress into a long-term disability, like schizophrenia. And being disabled, especially physically, because that creates room for a feeling of dissociation from society, you know, not looking like everyone else. So being disabled can get in the way of a social interaction that your body and mind needs, which will in turn extend the occurrence of isolation and loneliness. Not to say that a disability is a burden on anyone's life, but, you know. And that connects back to the concept of the body-mind. How whatever happens to the body affects the mind, and whatever happens to the mind affects the body. This is a perfect example of that. When looking at the story through a lens of isolation, you can realize that there's still people today who are isolated from society, or at least probably feel isolated for many reasons, that are disabling. Whether it be because of a physical or mental disability, or because of sexuality, or race, or gender, or maybe class, or any type of social identity, really. These people become subject to subtle mental contusions, if you want to call it that.
like hallucinations and talking to themselves and creating worlds or fantasies in their head or just somberly living with being dissociated from society, which could lead to other things like depression and suicide and things like that. I think this story just shows the extremity of what someone who is isolated from society can conjure up in their head and how it could severely affect them, most likely done to show the severity of it and bring attention to it. The narrator let his decision go way too far and he possibly killed someone over it, or he pretended to kill someone and imagined the cops were at his home and had a bad episode of some sorts in his house alone. The story has a greater meaning to it. It reveals something about our culture and how we treat people who are perceived as different, whatever that may entail. And it shows the effects of how these people are treated because of those differences, like the kids who do the school shootings. I read an article from The Atlantic that talked about the recent shooting in El Paso, Texas this summer. The man who killed 22 people that day, Patrick Cruises, said that he had a lonely life. And to quote what the article said, it said, Feeling alienated from their peer groups, they seek vengeance in the most dramatic and deadliest way possible. We should all know how rampant school shootings are nowadays, and I'm not saying that they are linked to people being isolated all the time, but for most cases, it definitely is a clear link to how they get to that point. So I challenge you to think about how you treat people, because you never know what people are going through and how you could be the final straw.